how I made them was um, I made all the traits in Gravity Sketch, uh, gave them a little animation. Uh, I created head accessories. I gave them all horns. And then my brother actually made an algorithm that imports all of these traits into Keyshot uh, randomly and then renders, uh, makes a, 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 an animation out of those, which was actually the rendering part of this was crazy. It took two giant beasts of rendering computers, uh, four entire weeks, 24 seven rendering to, to create all of these. So that was, uh, I don't think many people realize how crazy it is to try to render 10,000 uh, little 3D animations. Welcome to a new episode of XR NAI Spotlight the show where we give the stage to technologies, creatives, and entrepreneurs at the intersection between XR and AI. Today with me I have the pleasure to have Sander, aka Super Nifty. He is known for his popular collection of floating heads, imps, and spirit. He has created more than 10,000 unique NFTs with a trading volume of over 1,800 ETH. And his was one of was the first project actually who granted 3d files to the holder his style is heavily influenced by pop culture anime street art and vinyl toys and as if this was not enough to make this project special his artwork is actually created in vr using a 3d tool for modeling so by staying with us today, you will learn how to turn a passion for 3D design into a profession, how Super Nifty survived the crypto crash, and why VR as a creative tool wins over flat screen tools. Let's roll the title and let's get Sander on the stage. Should I say Sander or should I call you Super Nifty? How do we want to move forward from here? You can choose. I think Sander is probably easiest. So, okay, okay. Let's yeah. let's then stick with <laughs> let's, let's stick with Sander. Yeah. So, I am curious because we initially talked back then. I think it was 2019 once, right? Uh, where you were still creating uh, in 3D and passionate about XR, and I was curious, how did you turn? this passion for 3d design into something of this scale yeah <clears throat> so um i had a lot of access to uh, vr and vr apps because i was doing a phd about it um and then in 2021 when the um nft hype took off um i think i was still pretty early on in noticing the hype um and I, I was like browsing Rarible and other websites. And I was like, wait a second, um, I think I can do this. And these people are making some money and that sounds fun. Um, so I actually um, took a week off and just uh, grinded my ass off getting a website ready and trying to think of a collection, which was the floating heads back then. And um, I think I made 10. And then uh, I listed them on OpenSea. I uh, tried getting some collectors. I joined other projects and it took off pretty quickly, um, which was really fun. 
And then half a year later, I had sold out uh, my first collection and um, I couldn't focus anymore on my uh, academic work. And uh, I decided to, uh, to stop that and make this my full-time job and my company. So maybe for people that don't know about it, why don't you introduce us to Super Nifty in general, to the various projects that you have worked on, uh, your personal journey and, and the journey that led you here where you are now? All right. Um, I think I better share my screen for this. Um, so this is my website. I have different um, different projects. The first project, uh, I, well, my, my, my starting out was the uh, floating heads, which are these little guys. Um, so I'm an, uh, let's start at the beginning. I'm a 3D artist. I, uh, I love sculpting in VR. I love the look of uh, vinyl toys. Um, and I thought I, I also fell in love with the technology behind NFTs. I, I thought it was really interesting that digital art could now have uh, value. And because I, I personally, I think digital art uh, should be valuable because there's a lot of work that goes into a lot of digital art. And I think uh, a lot of digital art is really cool. So I made the floating heads. Um, basically all my work, it floats um, because um, I think it's interesting to play with the digital aspect of it. Like these guys couldn't exist in real life because they wouldn't be able to float. Um, so that was the, the original idea behind it. So I created the floating heads. These are all uh, 264 artworks that I created in VR, in Gravity Sketch VR. Um, and I sold these in 2021. Then afterwards, I contacted my brother uh, because he's a very talented, um, a very talented programmer uh, and a physicist. And he helped me create uh, generative collections, which was all the rage back then. Um, like you, everyone knows the board apes and all the other kinds of stuff like that. The profile pictures, the thing actually everyone thinks is NFTs, but there's much more to NFTs than just that. But granted, we also created a generative collection. Um, the second ever uh, 3D animated um generative collection um it sold out after like four weeks uh which was amazing um then there's Alexander, another let me ask you let sorry, me ask yeah. you a question. i can sorry. keep talking about this i'm sorry. yes exactly so i'm curious how was the transition moving from something that is actually handcrafted right in a tool like Gravity Sketch that for people don't know is this 3D modeling tool that allows to uh, create um, volume. So it, it, it is not really sculpting. It's more like um, uh, sub-D modeling, right? Mm -hmm. So how did it go from there into creating a generative uh, art collection? Like in terms um, of also you as an artist, how did you feel about it? How did I feel about it? Um... I think generative collections are really interesting. I think as an artist, um, I am intrigued by 
uh, anything that is innovative. And um, it also, for me, it was really interesting to see um, my art because it creates so many new artworks that like I, as the artist, haven't even, uh, mm. well, now I have seen all of them, but like back then it was really interesting to see what it would create. Um, how I made them was um, I made all the traits in Gravity Sketch and then I imported them into, uh, I actually use Keyshot. So um, I imported them into that program, uh, gave them a little animation. Wait, let me open the aims back again so you can see. Um, so I made all kinds of glasses, I, eye accessories, I made eyes. Um, let me get you some more interesting ones. There we go. Uh, I created head accessories. I gave them all horns. Um, and then my brother actually made an algorithm that imports all of these traits into Keyshot uh, randomly and then renders, uh, makes a, 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 an animation out of those, which was actually the rendering part of this was crazy. Um, it took uh, like two giant beasts of rendering computers, uh, four entire weeks, 24 seven rendering to to create all of these. So that was, uh, I don't think many people realize how crazy it is to try to render 10,000 uh, little 3D animations. Uh, yeah. Okay, that, that, that explains a bit. So I think it also sounds like the technical challenge of making this happen, it goes beyond the, the pure artwork, but how do we make this whole work at scale? And that becomes an extra layer uh, on top of just purely creating and designing, right? It, it, oh, yeah. It oh, yeah. Extra layer. yeah. There's a shit ton of programming in... Uh, many of the projects uh, I do, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I had a brother who could code. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very lucky in that regard. That's great. Uh, so, and so you kept basically uh, pushing uh, these uh, floating NFTs, right? Because I think that all can be categorized as such, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And how did that? evolved in time where the ups and down in the uh, nft market mm. um yeah so th the hype the height of the hype i think uh was um august of 2021 but then we had a lot of hype afterwards as well but like most people know the crypto market kind of crashed uh, after 2022 or something after summer of 2022 so obviously the hype for nfts died down a bit too um which uh everyone in the nft space have had to deal with in their own ways um a lot of artists i know have by now quit and went on and did something else um but i really don't want to do that I, I i really love what i do um so what we actually did was we created the spirits um which is a rewards collection kind of so in nfts it's very important to um 
reward your collectors somehow? Well, it depends. Some people disagree. Some people think art, which are artwork, should stand on its own, on its own, and stuff like that. But I like making collectibles. I don't like see my art as like a painting, for example. It's not like I don't know. It's it's a bit different. I I love collectibles, and I think in collectibles and, and it I makes a lot of sense. And I think it's also important to adapt and take advantage of the traits of NFTs to make something mm-hmm. that is just more interesting or different yeah. or that really uses those those yeah. features, right? That yeah. it's not just a painting that's yeah. different. Yeah. So we needed to uh, create, I wanted to create more art because I'm an artist. I uh, A lot of collections do uh, like event management and stuff and, and artists become CEOs and they, but I, I really just wanted to create more art because that is what I love. Uh, but I also just couldn't just keep creating more art because um, then I would d- dilute my other collections. So the way we solved this is we created the Spirits, which is a reward collection. And it's, it's a collection of like floating monsters, which is very comparable to Pokemon because you can uh, collect multiple of the same. And if you have three of the same, you can evolve them and stuff. So it's like a, a deflationary collection as well, because the, the supply becomes smaller over time because people burn them, uh, burn three. If they have three of the same, they evolve them. I can show you the spirits right here. And, and at this point, I also want to see the evolution. Sorry, that's one of the most rewarding parts. Uh, yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> let's see. We can pick a base. Let's pick terry here and we can go into the base and then there's the this is the second evolution this is the third evolution Uh, and these are variants uh, which is also a mechanic uh, to make uh, a select few of them a bit more rare which is really fun for collectors let's see Uh, let's pick a good one Looney, for example, is one that recently came out. And then there's three uh, evolutions of those. And as you can see, there's 36 of the base one right now, um, but nine already went into creating the final evolution and then three more to create the second evolution. And there's only one of these right now, but but people could buy more of these to make one of these uh, if they wanted. So stuff like that. And are all these generative or where? No, not at all. All right. Yeah, these because are they handmade. don't look like generative. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. These, these aren't uh, generative at all. Um, so these were created so I could make more art without diluting my other collections. So how does that work? Uh, is these is These are the reward collections. So these are obviously worth less but they don't give people any advantages. My other collections, these collections, they will grant people access to getting spirits. Um, so how we do it is we, we, we give people a virtual coin, uh, which is not an actual cryptocurrency because I don't want to mess with that. Um, but a virtual coin on our website with which they can buy packs of these uh, every single day let me show you this is our website here's where you can snipe spirits i think one auction just uh just went so there will be no bids no there's no bids right now 
But yesterday, six packs were sold, uh, three packs for 0 0.019 uh, wrapped ETH, and three packs for, oh, let me show the screen a bit better. Nope. Yeah, I having difficulty showing it. I, but... I, I think we got uh, no problem, no problem. I yeah. think we got we got a pretty kind mm. of an impression of how this reward system kind of works, right? So yeah. basically, the ball rolling and having yeah. three these different systems interconnected to each other, but they yeah all are built on top. They are not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah, competing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these are the fun collection. This is why you would hold my other collections for a longer time, um, mm -hmm. which uh, helps people, um, well, stay know, loyal, which, which, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, of course. So I do have a question because VR basically played a key role in your creative process. Yeah. So when you started, you said in one week you had to crunch and you wanted to start creating this 3D because you say, hey, I can do it. Why not? Why you pick VR as a creative tool? Oh, because I I I love creating it in it. Um, I studied product development, um, industrial design, um, so I was very used to using tools like SolidWorks or Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty, and I was researching whether VR would be a good tool for product development. Um, and Gravity Sketch came very close to um, the way, well, not very close, but close enough to the way I created in SolidWorks. Um, yeah, actually, it's very different when you think about it, but for me, it came close enough, and I actually think I would have definitely proved that VR was a good way um, to, uh, to create products as well. Um, yes, but why not directly SolidWorks? Because it's it's slow. The, that's okay. the that's the best answer. It's VR is one more fun and two fast. Um, that's the the short answer. Um, but I'm trying to find a video where I can show my process a little bit better. But yeah. Just VR um, for doing what I do is uh, really fast because you you don't feel like you're searching for menu items all the time, which is in, in SolidWorks that you're like going through menus, you're trying to find the right tool, you're adapt applying the tool, it's really slow. In VR, you're really sculpting with your hands in space. It's, it's much more like your clay sculpting, even with Gravity Sketch, I feel like. Um, and it's just very fast once you learn the tool. Um, it's just about perf like it's just about learning the tool even better, like learning to apply the tool. It's it's a skill. It's really a, a skill you learn to use with your hands. And it's not about menus. It's not about different tools. Basically, I use one tool for any for everything, and it feels a lot like clay sculpting. And it's also it's really fast. If I was, if I would try to make a spirit in my old software, one that would be very inefficient because like trying to make a, a, a smooth organic looking 
creature in SolidWorks or Fusion 360 would be stupid. You should you should use Blender or or um, mm -hmm. ZBrush for that. Um, but if I were to try that, that would take me days. But in VR, it takes me a few hours, um, which is really cool, I think. And I think you brought up a very important aspect, and that is what you are creating. So something that is, especially something that is organic, mm -hmm. uh, like the like the floating heads, uh, like mm -hmm. the spirits, it's something that is so much more prone to be created organically with like sculpting and then in VR then something that is instead precise like for example a product or or something that requires for example symmetry mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in, or uh, let's say um hard edges and so on mm -hmm. exact measurements so then it, it is a different kind of creative work and i think the yeah. way where VR shines as a tool is indeed that free flowing organic mm -hmm. sometimes even not precise right because that that is necessarily not always what you need mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely definitely and, and so it's I do have... no please go ahead yeah and uh, you can do some precise stuff um if i need to do precise stuff i usually make uh, something really basic in fusion 360 and import it into gravity sketch and i work around that um, but definitely where VR shines is um, prototyping uh, or stuff like that, like just shaping uh, the way you want something to look. And then if you need it to be manufactured or stuff like that, then I would um, remodel it uh, again in on, on PC or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I'm curious also because that as a practical use, but to what extent do you think that showcasing your creative process in VR contributed to the novelty and the success uh, of the project itself? Mm, the initial success, I honestly don't think very much, um, which might be surprising. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't really show much of that uh, initially, definitely not with the floating heads, let me. There you go. This is a, a video of me doing uh, VR sketching. Um, I think initially it's not. Um, um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that uh, that had led to uh, to the success. Um, but people really loved it when I started VR sketching for spirits. Um, when I. A lot of people still to this day, uh, all, although it's in all my bios that I sculpt in VR, but um, still they to this know. day, a lot of people don't know that I um, sculpt in VR. And when they learn that I do, uh, most people think it's very cool, though. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it may, probably has some gives me some staying power. But the initial success, I don't know. It's It's hard to lure people in uh that way i think uh yeah that's an interesting point because i um one thing that I always see people often when they share what they do or what they work on they tend to show the final result because that's what they are satisfied about and and mm -hmm. it's just 
and they often neglect what was the process of getting there. Mm -hmm. Right. So this means like showing how you have put that together, how you have animated that video, how you have created that 3D models, uh, maybe some variants that you have ex experimented with. And I think that there is certainly value in showing the process. And I think it's also probably it provides an extra narrative layer to your work. It's mm -hmm. not just me creating 3D models and selling them, it's a bit like, okay, here there is a craft behind that mm -hmm. is also like closer to what actual crafting will look like in the real world. And I think that that is also something as an art, artistic piece matters. Definitely. Um, there's a good core of people in my community that really love watching me sculpt. Um, but it, it's the people, it's like the super fans. They care a lot about watching it and they, they like seeing the process a lot. Uh, I think a lot of people don't care, but yeah, that's, Absolutely. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Not for everybody and, uh, and in no way it is like, uh, oh, you don't like it, then you don't understand anything about art. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is more about, about uh, indeed, that, that extra layer that you can add. Mm -hmm. And so you, say, you mentioned clearly, right, that you wanted, you created this art that would live only digitally. And that's why all of them, they are somehow floating, right? Mm -hmm. but do you see any of your collection extending beyond the digital realm? Yeah, definitely. Um, I We actually created the second generation of spirits to be with the auctions and stuff. So I can um, make one spirit a week from now on. So I have less work. Um, so I can expand to other things. So I'm definitely looking into making physical toys, um, mostly through 3D printing right now, because I've, I've done... Um, I've experimented with uh, looking to make vinyl toys in the past, um, but I don't think um, it's viable for us yet. Um, so I'm, I'm looking into a lot with 3D printing. Uh, also, collectors of mine, um, some collectors are already very into 3D printing, and we do give all of the 3D files of all of my artworks to holders of the artworks. So a lot of people already 3D print the spirits. Um, but I'm, I'm looking into um, making more art that is specifically targeted towards the 3D printing audience. I myself have always been an avid uh, 3D printer, um, always. Um, so yeah, in that regard, the floating aspect is a bit unlucky, but I mean, can't uh, you can't have uh, have your cake and eat it too? And they might evolve, right? As you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while while seeing this and hearing you talk and see this also, let's say, evolve uh, this concept, this project, I have also had a question: If you have ever thought about, or if there is already, and maybe people are not aware, like me. If there is a narrative behind each one of them, or if you see this living in a world, I mean, where do these creation lives? What's their story? Do they have yeah, yeah. relationship? Uh, How is it? Because then it extends, especially when you have such a core following, 
to what are the endless opportunities. I could see this becoming a series on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be dope, something like that. Uh, there is a narrative. The floating heads are, uh, well, they live in the, the ether. Uh, well, mixes, mixes well with Ethereum. The floating heads are the gods of this world. And the imps are the inhabitants of, um, so the 10,000 collection are the inhabitants of, uh, of this world, of the ether. Then there's the fallen heads, which is another one-of-one -one collection I have. And these are kind of the antagonists of the floating head gods, because these are gods that have fallen from grace. That's also why they, they're called the fallen heads instead of floating. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they do still float, but they prop themselves up with something I can show you. Um, they usually have like a, they're, they prop themselves up with a hand or they Big use a staff hand. or another mm -hmm. hand. They, 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 they keep themselves, uh, off of the floor in some way. Um, here's, there's a wheel and stuff like that. Um, so these are the antagonists and the story is that they, um, made a crack in the time space continuum by, uh, yeah, they found it. They found a crack in the time space continuum and the crack um, depletes the energy of everyone in the world and the energy they, they also later use to, to hunt the spirits. So they found the crack, they destroyed the crack and then the spirits, uh, the Pokemon, the monster collection, uh, they flowed into the world and it's up to the imps to go hunt them uh, and keep them from doing harm um, to the world. And the hunting power they use is called GP, gravity potential, which also comes from this crack in the time-space continuum. And it it's the name for the coin they use to hunt. And so, yeah, there, there's definitely a fun, a fun narrative. I don't go, granted, I don't go as deep into the narrative part as other collections do. Um, that is just not my forte, I think, uh, but there is a narrative and I think it's, it's very fun and, and there's a because lot to I build on. Exactly. And I think that narrative has to somehow deliver as well. That cannot be just words. There has to be something mm -hmm. to support it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, because you cannot just sell words. But the story in itself, well, you can. Is actually, <laughs> no, of course, of course <laughs> yeah. you can. You can, and people should keep selling words, right? Mm -hmm. in, in a sense, because words and stories are just beautiful per se, right? It, it, I, I was, I was more meaning it in the no, framing, okay. the project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it just sounds very interesting, also, because with all those three D assets ready, uh, I could see easily gazillion of opportunities to 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 bring this and develop further and this brings me to the next question that is a bit like the elephants in the room ai so mm. as a creative do you see this as a threat or an opportunity mm. yeah i i definitely until now i definitely always saw it as an opportunity um yeah, for me, I not a threat at all uh, right now because um, definitely animation isn't really where it should be with AI. Um, it might be in the future, and then I might have to rethink my 
um, my opinion. Um, but until now, I've definitely seen and used it as an opportunity. I, uh, I, I've been using ChatGPT and Midjourney every day um, to create ideas uh, for spirits. Um, so I, I write sometimes when I'm out of inspiration, I just go on to ChatGPT and I, I ask, um, write me uh, 10 visual descriptions of uh, brand new monsters that you figure out. And then I take that description and throw it into mid journey. And then I get a bunch of visual um, inspiration. And that has led to actual spirits. Um, so until now, it's been a blessing, uh, honestly. Uh, and I think I think I'll be able to adapt uh, even if it gets to a point where it can make my art. I, I, I don't know if it would be, but I think the human aspect in um, art uh, will always be a thing. I think people who think AI will take over underestimate the um, connection people feel to an artist, um, to um, a company even, to the system that that uh, that has been figured out by a human, um, because the, the people who like my art they connect with me in a way because I make what I think looks cool, and other people might look at it and think, hmm, I thought I was the only one who thought this kind of stuff looked looked cool, and there is a connection and with the community and stuff like that. And I think you'll have a lot less of that if. A project like mine was run by AI or something. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes I don't see that really as AI as a replacement. Mm. Um, I mean, there is certainly now it's without a doubt as a seed for inspiration. It is there; it can be used one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, right now, there are more and more tools that allow you, for example, to say, "Hey, uh, image, uh, use image to three D." or uh, text to texture, uh, or also uh, image to video. Mm -hmm. uh, so th these things are moving fast. And I was one, and I don't see that, oh, that's going to replace Sander. It's more like, can make Sander a better storyteller or allow mm -hmm. you to expand beyond something that you might not be able to do. Like, oh, yeah like a crazy idea as we want an, an animated series but there is a lot of material there what if instead you don't need to animate that and maybe some of the animation could be created with AI like there is also text to animation so yeah. this is more of the thing that I'm thinking about yeah yeah, I totally agree uh, I, I think it can be a very powerful tool um, and it will become even more powerful in the future. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more excited about what I could do with the IP I have with AI right. um, than I'm scared of anything uh, replacing me or anything or, or, or stuff like that. Yeah. I'm pro, pro AI, let's say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, excited, I suppose. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Sander, while we, uh, let's say, close up this conversation, uh, I was wondering, what's next? 
So what are you working on? You mentioned about the spirits, mm -hmm. uh, maybe short term and long term. Yeah, so um, generation two of spirits, so the system that I explained to you with the auctions and stuff, there's daily auctions every day. This was thought up um, with um, longevity in mind so that I could keep doing this and that it, it, it's a system that works for collectors as for me. So definitely generation two and then generation three, four, five, the next generations are of spirits are what's next. This is um, basically set in stone for my company. Uh, I love doing it and I think it's a, a sustainable business model. Uh, it also, like I said, frees up my time to do other things. And there have been a lot of other things that I have been experimenting with, uh, for example, the 3D printing that I explained. Mm. Um, but I haven't announced anything big in that regard uh, yet. I'm also still experimenting myself. So um, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep being an artist. I'm going to keep trying to further my um my art my my to further my collections to 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 make sure they do well in the future as well to keep providing value to to collectors and to keep trying to uh get um people to enjoy my art and more people to show my art to more people in different ways um yeah i think that's that's what's next uh, for now i can't say anything more um uh, concrete yet i think uh yeah but i mean this is it's fantastic i think it's like a, such a great story of trying to write a moment of excitement uh mm. grinding turning something that at the end it's it's true it's there and people love and being able to keep doing that despite let's say ups and downs and says no we are here we are here to stay i think mm -hmm. that also um, gives a very different feeling to anybody that is interested in you, in your mm -hmm. artwork. And it's like, oh, I don't know what's coming. Somebody's yeah. experimenting with 3D printing. I'm really curious what's come out. Let me get more spirits. I want to evolve them. Let, let me collect them and so on. So I think it is it is indeed like a, a great message and a great way to, to wrap this up. So Sander, thank you very, very much for being here. And uh, anything else that you want to say to the audience? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Uh, well, the audience can check out my work on, uh, I'm super nifty on YouTube, Instagram, um, mostly on Twitter. It's my main platform. There's also a, a huge fun discord with a lot of like-minded people you can check out. Um, and my website is supernifty.com. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this was fun. Absolutely. Check Super uh, check Sander, aka Super Nifty, out on Twitter, YouTube, and Discord. And thank you again, Sander, for being with us. Thank you. Bye.